Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How are you? Hey, how you doing, man? Good, man. Uh, You hear me all right? I can hear you fine. Do you hear me? Cool. I, I'm oh. using my Yeti microphone, so. Oh, awesome. All right. I'm just doing it old school style on, right on the on the uh, iPhone. Well, I'm just going to jump right in while we have a good connection so we can hear each other and everything looks cool. So, everybody, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and today we have a very special guest, um, Mark Chen. Uh, those of you that are on Instagram know him as TMK. It's TMK Aquascape, all right? Or is it uh, TMK Aquarius. Aquarius. Aquarius, sorry, Aquarius. And uh, you're owner or co-owner of Nature Design Studio. Um, you've seen his amazing work, and we're going to talk about a couple of those tanks because I've got a lot of questions, and I know our, our listeners do too. Um, give us a little background on yourself, Mark. How long have you been in the hobby? When did you start uh, Nature Design Studio? What were your influences? All that stuff. Go. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me, first of all. Uh, my name is Mark Chen. I go by TMK Aquarius and uh, on, on my pretty much all my social media platforms. Uh, I started the hobby when I was 19 or 18. So, wow, it's been like 20 years. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I first got into the monster fish keeping. And then, you know, that requires like bigger and bigger tanks, right? And then yeah. I quickly got into like Central Amer- uh, Central Central American cichlids, which are like these like, you know, huge, huge cichlids. Um, right. They get to like, I don't know, over a foot sometimes. And then, so that grew quickly. And then, um, w- which made me want big, like big, big tanks, right? So right. I don't think the, I've ever seen a small tank of yours, right? I mean, I, I don't think you do really small tanks that much, do you? Yeah, I don't really do small tanks. Yeah. Um, I, I'll I'll get into the reason why later, but uh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. So after I had these, this was back in two thousand eight or two thousand nine when um, there's a type of fish that I really love. They're called red tear or Mm-hmm. Masahiro Festes. Um, they're like a mm-hmm. Central and South American cichlid. Really pretty. The female, yeah. especially, right? Like when they fi- get fired up, their color is like just unmatched by any freshwater fish. Um, you know, even, even, you know, even discus. So mm-hmm. um, I'm like super enamored with those fish. And back then it was fairly difficult to find a pair of like really, um, perfect specimens but i managed to get a pair somehow right through like just a lot of the searching and whatnot but then due to my inexperience with uh, dealing with disease and whatnot because these are well uh, these were wild caught fish and Mm -hmm. like you know i lost them Uh, i lost both uh yeah both pair and then i just got crushed basically yeah so from that experience i just quit the hobby for a good uh five to six years i want to say oh wow oh yeah, yeah like entirely time. like just no no tanks whatsoever 
until um i want to say like 2015 ish mm -hmm. that like just by chance i walk into a um a petco of all places and then <laughs> i saw these really great fancy betas they were having and then i've always seen these betas in like just you know on, uh, in photos and stuff right but i've never saw them in person until you know that that trip to petco and immediately they just kind of like drew me um like drew my attention and i got a i got two of them uh <laughs> on on impulse nice the, yeah right after i got home i actually converted like a you know those uh car models like the die cast car model that have like uh -huh. a acrylic casing over it oh right 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 yeah right. so i just flipped that upside down to oh, be it. like one of the little desktop for a tank for for one of the betas and then yeah like so that's betas... a sign of a true aquarist right there by the way that's a sign <laughs> of a true aquarist you'll use whatever container holds water to do fish i love that that's totally me yeah, I mean, it. like that. It actually looked really, really good too, as a, as a, as a tank. I think because uh, mm -hmm. you know it's very clear. That's clean and seams yeah. and everything. Yeah, exactly. Super clean. Yeah, so that's actually what got me back into the hobby. And then when I got back into the hobby this time around, like you know, the bug basically just bit me a hundred times harder than even you know my my, my first time around. Mm -hmm. And then it was. Like it, it escalated even quick, like even even quicker, right? From the oh, betas, yeah. I quickly got some, you know, sixty fives, and then that grew to like hundred twenties, hundred fifties. So before I know it, like a couple months in, I'm already working on, you know, like my fourth, fifth tanks. <laughs> yeah, like love and it. got I back into like you know the uh, red hairs right away. And then, I was going to say, oh, so, so you did get a pair. Of, okay. I, I was yeah. Wondering if you so, up and got pair. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, after th this time around, you know, they became a, much more uh, widely available. Mm -hmm. And then plus, you know, just with the ac internet access um, and everything, a lot more people are breeding them. So, yeah, they were mm, plenty and like very much easier to find. And then I, it, w it was around the time where I was doing a um, remodeling of my house. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to go like super big with this. And I'm going to do like a, like a giant tank. Right. So nice. that was like when I was looking for like big tanks. And um, all, while all this was going on, I started, you know, my page on Instagram the tmk mm -hmm. um aquarius page on instagram just you know showing my betas and like you know whenever i'm doing like a new setup i'm just like always documenting it and everything right and then, yeah like back in the days that was 2015 um there weren't that many aquarium contents on um there weren't on instagram. there really weren't yeah really i remember just like starting yeah, I remember Oliver not only had maybe yeah. not even like ten thousand followers. Yeah, it was like the so wild. It was West. the heyday, like and then else. yeah, yeah, like I started with a couple of people who were all you know um, pretty much starting, and then so now like if there's for the ones who are still doing it, they're all mm -hmm. pretty much in the two hundred k, three hundred k range. So yeah, if you just stuck with it, you know, like you just get those um, followers up 
yeah and then I'm, and also it's like a testament of uh, your passion for it right because if you can be doing exactly. this consistently for that long that means you're super passionate about it and then if you have that much passion for something you're gonna do well like you're gonna oh yeah be extraordinary in what you do so, so this takes, yeah uh, sorry to interrupt i had a question on this point because i mean when i see your stuff uh, again, our, our our listeners are probably familiar with you by your Instagram handle, and they'll undoubtedly go and check out your account. I could look at your tanks and your posts because I follow them, and I could tell it's your tank. You have your own style. And I was about to Thank ask you. you, were you – I know you've had some to do with Nature Aquarium style. You've had some background in that. Your partner was IAPLC uh, competitor, all that kind of stuff. Um, do you feel like you were – I don't want to say trained or mentored by somebody, or is this just like kind of your natural style that you found and it just works for you? Like, how does that, what do you attribute your style to? Yeah, that, um, I, I'm, I'm actually happy to hear that you say it's a distinct style of my own. Oh, it is. And, it is. uh, I've actually, you know, like se several people have mentioned that to me, uh, in the past, like for example, um, Joey, Joey, mm -hmm. um, yeah. King of DIY. So, I Who's but you're gonna kick in that aquascaping win to yeah to, to come to LA, which uh, I'm I look cool. so much forward to it because uh he's been a really great great friend uh throughout the years and like mm -hmm. I've been trying to get him out here forever. And oh, finally, that's cool. yeah, we have a chance. But you know, it's all for for fun. But yeah, yeah, anyway, so that style um really extends from I guess my own take on um, the fusion of biotope and nature while being a home aquaria. Like art, so, like kind of art as well. Right? Yeah, because ability as well. To me, um, for example, I heard your podcast talking about, you know, um, biotope style, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the, the very strict and rigorous um almost too rules right to, yeah, yeah exactly to to basically restrict like you know all, like you have to get all the species right and everything right which is fine when it's cool right yeah, when, when you want to do it but then is it practical to do it probably not but is it no. the most beautiful thing that you can make definitely not you know why because no. you can only capture so much of that little corner of that biotope or you know that that a uh, river right or exactly whatever underwater scene and like any nature you can visit right as if you only take let's say uh two feet wide or three feet wide mm -hmm. like a um, dissection of that nature setting right it doesn't look pretty you're right you, if you just take picture. it yeah if you exactly. just take that one little part of it it's not pretty and it's not like really aesthetically uh, appealing right but right. only when you look at the thing like the whole picture 360 right the entire let's say the riverbank or the mountain wherever you go you look mm -hmm. at the entire thing and you get the full breadth of its beauty and then if you're just trying to capture like that one little segment, um, usually unless you do like do it like, you know, uh, diorama style mm -hmm. uh, to kind of like, you know, encapsulate the, the entirety of it, 
then a lot of it is not it doesn't translate it just doesn't I, translate i love your your position on that and i don't think i've ever had anybody tell me that and i've talked to a lot of the, the big names you know uh, george farmer um, um jeff skensky people like that and no one's ever mentioned what you just said about you can only encapsulate if you're if you're modeling just a small part of it i think that's very interesting because that's sort of the justification for doing some artistic interpretation of it and you do it really well like again one of when i said i could tell your style from just about anybody's because your use of scale is really interesting i know you work in larger tanks primarily but sure the the way you do your rock it's not like you're trying to do a certain style you're trying to achieve a certain look and i love that you're not up to one style right i mean Right. I, I believe you could probably do an Iwagumi. You could probably do some of those diorama things, but your jam is to just, you have a vision and it seems like you execute it to meet your vision. Is that, am I correct in interpreting Absolutely. it that way? Absolutely. Yeah. You're hundred percent correct. And yeah, I usually start with, uh, okay. So, so to me, uh, aquarium is not something, um, only exists in photograph. It's an actual right. physical space that occupies your home or office. Like you are supposed to enjoy it and observe it and see every little detail in 3D, right? Up close, yeah. st stepping far away, staring at it from an angle. So that's why I don't usually do one-sided viewing tanks. Just for that reason, because you can you walk a lot around, of peninsula, right? You right. can walk around, yeah, like peninsula. Yeah. I have like you know, um, room divider tanks, and then like what I really love is cylinders. So I've done really? a cylinder tank, yeah. Like I used to hate it, wow. but then after I yeah, did my, are, oh. um, which uh, is a tank that I called uh, the Ancient Growth. So that one mm -hmm. is a cylinder, which um, um. I've just recently posted like a reel about it, but then I'll, I'll send you some pictures of it. So, yeah, I'd like to see that because I think people would love to see how you do a cylinder. Yeah, I, I've so, done difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's very difficult because I mean, like, you, you have, have to worry about like all angles, right? Yeah. But then and the thing is, and stuff. the type of um, aquascaping that you could do with the cylinder is so intriguing because there's so much creativity that you can do and like almost uh, and you know continuous way that you can create all these pockets and all these uh, crevices for fish to interact with and yeah. then you just go in and out um you know like plecos will just have a blast and then you, you have like quarries coming out from like the roots and going to another you have uh you know like small schooling fish that swim through these just like how they would do it in nature. So like that swimming pattern, like all of a sudden just change a lot. You know, then... people, you're right because they, they can swim continuously. It's a little different. Um, you've also used a fish. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm, I'm excited because you're in the Yeah, for sure. Uh, you you um, use a fish that I like. You use night fish in your displays. I've seen you do that. Not too many people do that. I love that you use those fish because you have the size and scale, and they're really interesting the way they interact with the. Oh, with they're the so scape. interesting. They're super yeah. interesting. Uh, um, they're like very underrated fish to be. Oh sure. yeah. And the only thing is, like, I don't have a lot of success keeping them, just because um, they're tough to feed. Yeah. They're tough to feed, and then especially 
um i had the nerves with the metiscus and then yeah. i I'm basically really trying hard not to feed them live, right. live, live food. And then, you know, the knives won't go for pallets. So, right. It's like right. A little, but then, yeah, like I would definitely encourage people to do like a, maybe a, a, a species specific tank to for for knives mm -hmm. and then you can do some cool escaping for for a knife if like you're doing a spe species specific tank for sure. And oh, yeah. Another thing I think with me is that I hate seeing anything man-made inside my tanks. Yeah, so I yeah, would go I like super far to, and even just like giving myself, uh, give, giving myself a, a lot of hard time to <laughs> um, try to hide everything, hide, like you know whether it be. Uh, heater outlet, like you know, uh, filtration outlets or like, right. like anything. There's, if you see my tank, there's nothing that would be um, like equipment wise or like. Oh, I love that. Right. Love so, that. Um, the reason, one of the recent work that I did is called the Mirage, uh, which is like the float floating tank, right? Mm -hmm. So that one, the clients. Um, his vision and his really high standard just basically required that exact philosophy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there were some um, aquarium design company that came before me to try to work on the project, but then they kind of uh, just thought, you know, this guy's a little too hard to please. And then that's how I got the job. Basically. You're like, oh, that's right up my alley. And then, yeah. And then I'm like, Dude, like, I love that, right? That's, right. That's exactly right. what I'm trying to do. And, uh, <laughs> I, I really love that he appreciates that and that he demands that. Uh, so, yeah, it was like a right fit. But then after I posted, I, like the, the most questions I have for that tank is where are the filtrations? Or like, do you even have yeah. any, right? Yeah, and I was going to say, let's go to the practical real fast. Like, what are your, what are your top ways of hiding stuff like that? Yeah, so I definitely do like almost all my tanks, um, unless they're very temporary, that I, I know it's temporary, then I'll do hard plumbing. So mm -hmm. I'll drill through the tank's bottom. And then um, whether I use a canister or a sump, I'll always do um, like a like a hard plumb, right? To mm -hmm. Drill through do you do a tank. surface overflow or or do you do you yeah so for some it? i do yeah for some i'll i'll use like a overflow box mm -hmm. uh to you know take care of the surface um skimming and agitation and then for some i uh i rely on like a external not an external but like a um what is it like like a, uh, like a uh, um skimmer like a surface, oh, a surface skimmer, skimmer. Yeah, yeah. For for, for yeah. example, like a Waza skimmer or whatever, right? And then, gotcha. but then I just find a place to hide it, and then or I build you, like a like a hardscape to hide it. Got it. Do you use a lot of um, off the shelf tanks, or are most of yours custom for your um, for or? my clients? Yeah, tank. I do almost exclusively custom tanks. Because you're trying to fit the space. I yeah, imagine. yeah. Because yeah. there's like yeah. a you know specific space and um, height, like dimension, right? That they, they require. But mm -hmm. then uh, for some of my own tanks, for example, in my studio, 
I because I'm a great um, friend with UMS and then um, they they do a lot mm -hmm. of support for me. So um, yeah, I use their tanks a lot. They make fantastic um, yeah. recordings. Yeah. Um, you, you know that that's the other question I wanted to ask you about your tanks. It sort of you gave me a little segue here, and we can get back to the subject. But um, your tank called the that you call the Grotto, probably mm -hmm. my favorite tank on Instagram right now, freshwater or otherwise. Just because you know what I love about it is like you expressed a goal of you wanted to do it a certain way for a certain fish that you love, and you just pulled it off beautifully, and it just it looks it's exactly what is perfect for that tank, that peninsula look. I encourage everybody to go check out Mark's Thanks so much, um, man. Instagram page to check that out. Yeah. And I love that tank, that style right there. When I see that, I'm like, there's, there's no one else. Maybe Jeff Sensky or Mike Sensky might do something similar, but it's so distinctive when I see it. I'm like, Oh, that's definitely your tank. Um, you. I love your use of, of wood. Do you have a particular type or shape of wood that you prefer Do you use like one piece of wood, several pieces. And, and I have to ask you this because it drives me crazy, but do, do you glue wood together or you just fit it by gravity or whatever? I'm curious. Okay, so um, the type of wood that I use are usually, because I'm in California, so I can just go. Right, right. We're both in California. Yeah. And they're, yeah. yeah, they're just so readily available. And um, I mean, like their characteristic is just so great and distinct. Oh, yeah. So easy to work with, right? And then right. Like, I, I use them a lot. But then there's also spider wood that I use. Mm -hmm. um, they're a little, a little harder to use. Uh, but, you know, it all depends on what you're trying to achieve, right? So, for example, like the, the big wood piece that comes out of the, uh, the water. So mm -hmm. that one is actually a spider wood. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but it's just a different part of it. You know what I mean? Like, because usually it's the root. Right. Like spiderwood, you're using the root a, a lot. It's azalea, then, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then that one is more like on the branch side. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, yeah, it really depends. I don't have like a, a type of wood that like I must use or whatever. An absolute like, go-to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, because I've used, I believe I've used the pine branch. Even mm -hmm. in my wow. yeah, in my river, like the river. So uh -huh. there's a tank that's like 450 gallons. That's called the river, and uh -huh. um, that's the big tank that I was talking about when I was, uh, you know, telling the story of uh, I, I was thinking of go going big when I was right doing my home renovation. So right. that's actually that was actually my very first planted tank. Yeah, like very first planted tank. I've never you went big on your planted first planted. I mean, that's I know a big that was tank for your that was a dumb move. Tank. Don't do that's it. That's crazy. Like, yeah, for the listeners <laughs> that's out there, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. It was no, it was naive. Like that's what it is. <laughs> Sometimes like, naivety uh, leads you to brilliance, though. Yeah, yeah that was just dumb, dumb, a dumb move. <laughs> uh, I paid for it uh, dearly, not with money, a lot going on in a big tank. Like yeah, yeah a, a, so much effort put into that tank. Oh yeah, uh, it took me. A year and a half to build that tank. Oh yeah, I believe it. I believe yeah. it. So, so that for that one because I just stepped into the world of aquascaping, right? Because before I thought I was because I was into just monster fish before, right? Just the big fish. I dabbled with you know um, just putting driftwoods. Like I've I've always been fascinated by um, you know decorating your, your tank a certain way and then like inc incorporating nature elements into mm -hmm. you know the aquarium and everything but then just 
um i just never got to kind of like experimenting and whatnot until this big tank pretty much and then i had a vision of okay like how i wanted to how, how i wanted to look and everything but then trying to collect all the materials for hardscape and everything was a challenge because oh yeah yeah 2015 i didn't know uh you know uns i didn't know boost plant yet right and then um uh, for for listeners, they're like that's a that's my yeah, give a shout out. Go yeah, we'll yeah, shout there out. We go. Boost plan. Yeah, like the, the <laughs> yeah plug for them right there. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. I mean, they've been great to my projects too. I, I okay, really great. Yeah, they're, they're, and, they're, and awesome. Yeah, and awesome tanks are fantastic. I, I have to just interject one more time though on something you oh, said sure. that I love. Go, go for Again, it. you said you think about the the fish that you want to work. Your your theme is based on the fish. I love that. That's again something that. A lot of aquascapers, I think, have the idea, and then the fish comes secondary. You're like, I want to build it around the fish. That's cool. I like right, that. exactly. I feel like you kind of have to because um, every fish demand demand like a different type of uh, setting. Like you're not gonna, oh yeah, right. You're not gonna like the, the thing. Like that's my pet peeve is I can't stand seeing African cichlids in a plantar tank. I just like, I'm like <laughs> it makes no that's sense. so wrong. Like it's, yeah, it is wrong. It's just like come on, like you, if you have like hell? even some you know basic knowledge of like the the the, the fish uh, about the fish and where it's from and like you know its surroundings and everything, you right. don't use the the reef reef uh cichlids. You know yeah, you know. Well, like, people like the colors. They're taken there. by the colors and they want to have. But they want the plants and all that stuff, right? And like oh no. Yeah, work. it's probably not wrong or anything like that. No. Right? It's just like in my like for it's me, it's a uh, it's almost like an insult on my on my visual sense, right? Then, or like you know, um, because I I just know those fish don't belong there, so that's why, right? Uh, you crazy. But you know, like there's nothing wrong, obviously. So no, but that's the artist. The art aquarist in you says, "Ugh, the artist in you is like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. we could probably make it work." Right? Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. But then, um. Yeah, like you, you want the fish to really interact with something that you create, like the environment mm -hmm. that you create, and oh, you want to points. see like that behavioral, um, right? Like in because yeah. when you mentioned the grotto, um, so I had the idea of doing wild discus, right, for the grotto. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? And then, yeah. So initially. I was thinking I wanted to put a lot more hardscape materials in the grotto to, you know, make the fish feel like they're, right. um, they're similar to their environment. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, uh, easy to, to retrieve into like a refuge and whatnot. But then <laughs> here's the design part that interfered with, uh, you know, that Aquarius side of things, because my, uh, my wife wants the tank to be very, um simple and like open kind reserve of space, a, right? as much uh visibility through the tank as uh, i can that so, makes sense but you know yeah. you, you you did hit that though because you have some of the elements that discus encounter in their natural habitat the overhanging wood branches for example but you kept this negative space that just draws you in that's what i love so much about that tank again great, uh, great. Thanks, our man. listeners for our listeners, yeah, for our listeners, please do check out Mark's uh, Instagram because you, I want you to see that tank and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you know, the, the funny thing with this tank, really inspiring. right? Because um, you see a lot of uh, great tanks, great designs oh, out yeah. there. And then not all the great designs. Usually the great designs don't 
don't hit virality, right? Uh, on social yeah. media. Like they're yeah. like, you know, for people who are in the know and then who have the level of understanding to appreciate. And then, you know, like, for example, like I'll look at like for uh, a really mass, like a masterpiece of uh, escaping. And then I'll be like, wow, that's crazy. And then like, I right. appreciate it. But then for like a, maybe like a beginner or like someone who's not even in the hobby, they'll be like, okay, so like you, you got to explain to me why it's so great. Uh, right, like, why right, do you like right. it so much, right? So right. it doesn't hit that virality. Um, um, yeah, I try guess. working with the kind of tanks that I love. Taste. Yeah, You're like, what right? the hell? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, you do a black water tank and nobody, like, you know, right. no one gives a will not care for it. It's like, no, oh, dude, your, your water's brown. But of then, course not. Yours are so uh, relatable in so many ways. Well, yeah, see, the, that's the thing. Like, I, I understood that. And then I'm like, all yeah. right, so the great one, like, you know, um, pieces probably don't hit virality. So I was uh, shocked to learn that, like, the grotto actually was oh. viral. It's like, it was a viral sensation. And then well, I'm like, oh, shoot, did I, I not do a good enough job to, <laughs> to like, <laughs> have this no, thing be viral? You know what? That, you know what no, yeah. but you know what it is about that tank is it is it does it almost effortlessly because, again, you didn't pander to the masses on that one. You just you were just like, hey, I want to do a tank that makes me happy and makes my fish happy, and it just so happened to look freaking awesome too, and it and it just works and it's super relatable. And a lot of people look at that and they're like, man, I'd love to have something like that in my home, you know, just like what you did. That's the beauty of a tank like that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people have been telling me. Uh, they really appreciate the simplicity of the scape. Mm -hmm. But then to me, I'm like, yes, like I definitely kept it, you know, like I, I kept a huge amount of negative space uh, within the composition. But then to me, there's like nothing simple about that scape. Like that no. was yeah, one of no, the it's a lot of work that. Escape, yeah. uh, that I've worked on just because, you know, like I had to, that was the first tank I experimented with, uh, you know, slate stone. The way how oh, I yeah. um adhere it to like both sides and like covering the overflow flow box, let's say, and then what did you use to to stick it to the side? Was it like uh, that, that pond? Oh, really? Yeah, oh, just silicone. Yeah. Oh, that worked. Cool. And but you uh, basically, I for the really heavy pieces because I had you know slate stone that are mm -hmm, like thirty. 36 inches tall and then maybe like oh, those must have been heavy yeah like two feet wide so Damn. very very heavy pieces but then they're perfectly flat right and then yeah i basically had to support their weight on the bottom by you know with some other you know protective material and then have that weight to be supported on the bottom instead of like just solely relying on the silicone silicone is really just there to hold it uh, up, upright mm -hmm. right uh, like to the glass and then on top of that bottom layer, I'm able to, um, you know, start building like other structures on top of it and create that layer effect. Right. And, yeah. Cause I just love how, you know, the slate stone, some, some of them um, have a very cool layered texture, especially yeah. around the edges. Yeah. yeah. And at first, when, when slate I is highly to... underrated as a stone to decorate with. I agree. Yeah. So if, at first, when I started to, you know, do like experiment with uh, experimenting with it, and in the progress of making that tank, mm -hmm. it did not look great. 
<laughs> a lot of my friends yeah a lot of them like show pictures to my Truth friends and then they were like very doubtful uh dude what like, are you doing mm. right you know they're like they gave me that looks like really uh, i don't know <laughs> until once it's all finished they're like oh i see what you were trying to do yep. like, you know then so progress made a lot of sense people doubt you how long did it take you to make that to to to, to get to the point where you're like okay done ready for fish like what what was the escaping design and build I'll, process I'll how long from the, like right from the start right like the the very beginning of the process so uh -huh. the location of that tank uh okay so i bought the house right I, that, that was a new house that i bought and then mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the time and then immediately i saw that nook right like it, it was yeah. meant to be like going a, there <laughs> like a bar yep. right and then yep. I like immediately I was like, yep, that's gonna be the space. <laughs> and then nice. so I started working around it. And then you what it was like the base of it, at least before, was just a drywall that's like put up, you know, there's no support on the bottom. So I had to convert that, basically build the stand um from four by fours to support the weight and then mm -hmm close it up with drywall again right so it right like, rebuilt you know, the wall basically as a, yeah as a part of the, the the house and then on the other side of it like so there's two sides right uh there's like a should we say just like a living room side and then there's a dining room side so uh -huh. the dining room side uh have cab like cabinets so you can open mm -hmm. to access the bottom right but then my uh -huh. wife was like you know, I want to have a wine cooler there. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> where like, I need to all the my places in the house. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, like, I, I want to get a sump. Like, on. that's not gonna be big enough. And then she was like, you know, you're the designer. If you figure it out, I'm like, no, oh, no pressure there. No <laughs> yeah, pressure like, there. all right, fine. Challenge accepted. Hold my beer. Right. So I started designing around that, and then. Um, I, I knew the tank was going to be a wild discus tank and I heard enough horse, horror stories about fish keep, uh, discus keeping to uh, make me aware that, oh, okay, like, so if I want to do a filtration system, it better be super easy to maintain, super easy right. to access, so like, clean accessible, and also yeah. I'm going to try to automate the crap out of it, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, you know, um, canisters out of the question. Like I have to do right. a sump. And then I usually couple a canister with the sump just so oh, I do have like a fail safe, right? Oh, so, that makes sense. Yeah. So the half, the other half of the cabinet space underneath the, the tank was just reserved for, you know, like um, the canister and also like the different um, other plumbing. Um, so do you have the canister actually going while you're utilizing the sump? It, it's like, or is it on as a backup? Like, oh, you know, I just throw in some colonized biomedia, turn the thing on. And yeah, it's really just biomedia, no uh, physical media. So it's on all the time. It's on all the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And then I'm using the Owaza. Um, using the thermal one? The thermal one, yeah. Yeah, which, no, With so the nice. built-in heater. That way, you know, if... Um, Such a good design. Yeah, yeah, if like the sump is out of commission, I can still have, you know, uh, life support essentially, right? For, yeah. for the tank. And then, um, so I figured I'm going to do the sump outside of my house, right? Mm -hmm. I'll I plumb it 
to the outside and then the, very reefer like of you i like that yeah, I yeah exactly <laughs> I yeah, so i i uh, the, where this tank is situated is like pretty close to the uh, exterior wall but then there's still uh some space i had to figure it out but then you the actually there. got that figured out you know plumbed it um you know the the the, the piping to the outside of the house i built mm -hmm. like a crate for the sump right and then that's like the best thing because uh it's the sumps outside i don't care it's if it's i don't care yeah. like water leaks out like it doesn't matter to me exactly right? it's outside and, and then, the pumps are out there so you don't hear any noise from exactly the, like the tank like yeah a lot of people don't realize how quiet the grotto is because it's oh it must be super quiet silent yeah that's yeah, awesome it's completely silent and then it's almost eerie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. If, as an aquarist, you, know, you want to hear noise. Right, right. It's our comfortable thing. It's like, okay, there's bubbles or something. I'm, I'm good. Right. But if you don't hear yeah, anything, yeah. you're like, oh, crap. I got to go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, um, I have the sump uh, outside. And then I incorporated like a very, you know, very low tech, actually, uh, automated water change system. So, oh, really? Yeah. So the... I don't do any manual water change at all. And then all I do is like every two weeks, I'll clean out the the sponges pretty much like mm -hmm. the, the media, like the physical media. That's it. Uh -huh. And then the water changes, I basically timed it to do like a four. So there's four sessions daily. And then each of session water, of water, cha of water, water changes. changes. Yeah. And each session yeah. is like about, I'm changing about 20 gallons or so. Uh-huh. And then it's like on a RO system, so basically straight RO. Uh, for straight up RO, system. yeah. Yeah. I like that because it's not a big shocking water change for your discus, right? Is, was that in for that reason, mm -hmm. or was it just because it made sense? It's that. It's also um, the way I'm doing it because I'm just basically pumping out water from the sump. Uh, mm hmm like timed it oh you're right? doing like it from basically the sump. Okay. kind of like yeah timed it and measure it to like how how, how many gallons so and then not drying out yeah exactly so it, like the water drops down to us like you know a very uh bare acceptable level for the pump right right and then the the water change pump stops and uh the refill of ro kicks on and then nice. that's basically controlled by a sensor like um, a uh, yeah like a solenoid right that basically mm -hmm. when the w when the water level is reached it will just shut shut it off Oof, that's so some that, next level shit i like it <laughs> yeah it's it's really <laughs> actually not very and, and simple yeah so yeah i want to keep it simple so you know you don't uh, fail as as much and it's easy to get parts and whatnot and it works so what what kind of pump do you what what but make model and size just out of curiosity for for a tank of that size i think right now i have a current usa pump like the dc mm -hmm. pump but then mm -hmm. that one's actually not that powerful so i used to have a lifeguard pump that's mm -hmm. a that's not a dc pump but then that's okay. about well like four thousand some gallons per hour so you get so like I'm 10 turns to, an hour on that tank. Yeah, I'm like trying that. to get yeah. like 10 times turnover as uh, as close to 10 times as possible. But then, you know, there's a pretty long travel for the right. return. And then also... Um, Got to go up. The, the return is a little high, high off the ground. So you lose a lot of uh, head pressure that mm -hmm. way. But then still, like the it was uh, creating a pretty strong current. And then a lot of people were 
you know concerned about the strong currents for discus yeah but they're fine they're, they do in the raining season they face a lot of currents yeah so not even that i think that's a good point though. too i think that's overrated i think some of the stuff you have to you have to take into account operational practicality i mean acceptable i mean they they, they got plucked from wherever they came from put in a plastic bag sent to a wholesaler sent to a store sent to another wholesaler whatever and then to you Fish are adaptable, and a little bit of current's not going to kill them unless it's blasting right on them twenty four seven. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um. You you know who Oliver Lucanus is? Right? Lucanus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, I actually recorded a podcast with him just uh mm-hmm. like two months ago, I want to say, and uh-huh. he has these footages of uh, discus that are you know just chilling in very considerable amount of currents. Um, oh, just neat. All, along the bank of the river. And they're not, you know, there are a lot of them are found in lakes and lagoons, but then they're right. everywhere. They're yeah. very widely distributed. So Isn't it like, amazing? You, know, you can find them in the river. You can find them in lagoon. and Because um, they're mostly collected dry season. So right. when the water's still. Yeah, when the water's low. And then, of course, a lot of them will get stuck in a lagoon. And sure. That's why, you, you know, like whenever you see them being collected it's like you know looking or you know like amazing how we we generalize about that too with fish oh they need this type of current or this type of light or based on just a limited set of understanding all discus can only come from still water it's got to be you know dark and dingy or whatever and and it's not always true that way so i I love i love that you were just kind of like no i'm gonna look and make it work how many fish how many discus do you have sure i mean I think I have around 10. Nice. Yeah. So should we get back to the pro- uh, the process of building the, the Yes, because I've taken you on a detour. As you know, I'm famous yeah, no worries. people. So get yeah, back on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I built the Keep sump, me in uh, you know, that, that, that goes outside of the house. And then I started working on the, the tank itself, right? So I knew that I wanted the canister as well. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't want to see any equipments. So how do I do that? I basically had to drill additional holes outside of the uh, the overflow box to accommodate for you know like the in inlets and outlets of the um, the canister. Right. And then I use like you know PVC pipe to uh, basically route the the current where I want the currents to go and everything. So um, that's why like there's a significant amount of substrate on the bottom. Mm-hmm. to hide the you know the pipes that runs on along the bottom and then uh i actually incorporated something in this tank that ultimately was a failure um i wanted to create that boiling sand effect in oh the, really yeah in the springs that you see right because like you know like the, the sand's like kind of like boiling over it, like that was yeah. the coolest thing to me right so i wanted to do that and then just through a lot of uh <laughs> just different types of method and experimenting with it like the sand i was using wasn't right because like i used too fine of a sand that oh, when you have uh bubbles rising up like it would just carry the sand like everywhere uh, so i learned okay so if i want to create that effect next time probably not going to use a really fine grain sand right and then also um the bottom like you need a very strong flow to create that 
effect. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So only bubble rising up would probably not do it. I mean, like in the natural spring, it's like you got you got bubbles and you have a strong flow that comes out from the subterranean, uh, right? You know, uh, underground to 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 over the sand, right? That's how it's created. Like it's created by flow of water. But then, so next time I'll probably do like uh, if I want to recreate that again or try. I think to you're the only person again, I've ever heard of that actually did that. That's actually tried to recreate that. I've never heard of anybody else playing with that idea. I've, I've actually uh so there's another skater who told me his friend tried to do that and then um he huh. what what he did was uh he used a like uh he directed a uh current right from a pipe mm -hmm. that shoots down downward onto the glass and then oh. and then that you know the uh reflected current yeah it would stir up the sand uh, around it that way and then that created the effect however um that <laughs> flow that current that directs towards the glass eventually cracked the glass oh god that's because yeah, you're thinking like you know like you're constantly non-stop uh, sure, sure. abrasing the glass with sand you're basically yeah. just like it sand, go. sending it yeah. right, the whole time so even i mean like probably the tank wasn't that big or the glass wasn't that thick either so right. it just took uh, not too long and just cracked it so i was yeah, like oh, dang. that's not good <laughs> yeah i probably won't try that uh for yeah. a while yeah. yeah i was gonna say i don't want to crack tanks especially when you're in the business of putting tanks in other people's oh, yeah. very expensive sure. home you aren't gonna do that yeah um so what's the smallest tank you currently have of your own in operation or, or is this it? That's the smallest uh, one you've the got. The smallest one is a 60 gallons. That's the okay. uh, palladium that I have. Mm -hmm. Which is gorgeous too in its own right, by the way. Oh, that, thank you. Thank you. Tell, tell us a little bit about that one too, if you don't mind. Yeah, so that one is actually a practice run for a client's tank. And, oh. Um, yeah, like I basically, you know, pitched the idea of um, having a huge plant wall you know, behind the tank, uh, mm -hmm. essentially. And then that setup for the client is, uh, like, I haven't done it yet because uh, the client is, you know, traveling still. I'm right. waiting for them to get back to start the project. But then that project's going to be, like, a 200 gallons. And the tank's really cool. It's a bullfront, 200 gallons. Oh, but indeed. then that bullfront is a rimless bullfront. And also the uh, front panel I've, instead wow. of like having like the curved surface and mm -hmm. then two straight surfaces for the sides and then the back side right so they're like total four pieces still right instead of that right. i custom made the front piece of the curved side out of just one glass one single wow. piece of glass that's right, right. That's so awesome. the corner is like actually rounded like continuous uh, wow! Like right the, to the back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How how thick a glass are you using? In uh, that? the glass is uh, three quarter inches. Wow, that's that's amazing! Wow, you must have been very very, very pleased very, to see that come out. Yeah, heavy. must be super so, heavy. Yeah, so that tank is like something that's gonna be like really cool, and uh, and frankly, like you don't see that, you just don't see it. Oh, never, you never see one piece curved glass like that in an aquarium. No, very rarely. Yeah, very rarely. And maybe then, in a public aquarium usually, but not right, right. Aquarium. But I mean, like even public aquarium, they just resort to uh, because they can hide it. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then um, there's gonna be like a a big you know plant wall that's 
six feet by I want to say seven or eight feet tall. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna wow. be great. Yeah, so wow. the the my little pal paladarium uh, in my studio is a practice run for that essentially. Because mm -hmm. how many gallons of water? Uh, for which one? Yeah, you want at home, like like out of the sixty-five gallon, like how many actual water volume gallons are in there? Mm, well, the tank total volume volume is about sixty. So if if you just take uh, all the hardscape into uh, consideration, then you're looking at like forty-five ish. I want to say. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's a good amount of water in there. Do yeah. you? What kind of livestock are you planning on keeping in, in that client's tank in terms of with that much space to work with? The client's tank were like, um, I want to do like angels, like South American, basically, right? Like, yeah. Uh, I want to do some angels, and uh, hopefully, I can make you know tetras, like smaller size tetras, work with angels. Mm -hmm. I'll probably mm -hmm. have to use you know, like small, really small angels to start the tank. And then yeah. like, or laterally let it grow up tetras. With, the, yeah. with the tetras so they don't eat them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably my choice of, Very cool. uh, of fish. Yeah. Very cool. And now, of course, cichlids. Yeah, I was going to say. Like dwarf say cichlids, right? A piece of ramas, probably. That's the other thing, too. I noticed in your, I'm jumping all over, but in the grotto, you have a variety of fish in there. It's not just the discus. Like right, what, yeah. what, what determines what you put with your fish? Is it, is it like you're a fish guy and you're like, Hey, I like that fish. These are fish I want to use. Or do you have that in mind as a whole thing? When you, when you started, you say, yeah, I'm going to have discus, but I'm also going to have plecos and knife fish. And I mean, what does it, you have one star that's the main player and then everybody else is a supporting cast. Or are you thinking of the whole thing as in like, oh, I'm going to try to design I... something for an entire population. Yeah. I like setups that have, a more well-rounded um, livestock that occupies every every level of the the water, right? Yeah. So you got your surface fish, you got your midwater fish, you got like you know the the, the bottom dwellers and um you know and and fish that goes like everywhere, right? Right. So right. Uh, the the only premise that I had for the grotto, um. In terms of fish, is uh, it's a South American tank, so right. I'm not gonna mix Central Americans. I'm not even right. gonna mix, you know, like no not, nothing. Yeah, nothing yeah. else yeah. Uh, that that are from like other continent or whatever will go into that. I, I love that you're holding yourself just loosely geographical. You're not sitting there like, oh, this this comes from the Rio Shingo and this one comes from the Orinoco, therefore they can't go in the same tank. Yeah, you're just enjoying I mean, it. I yeah, exactly. Like, that I'm just, I agree. I'm, uh, like it's for the artist freedom um yeah to me right like i have a license a uh, creative license basically to yeah to do do that but then at the same time you don't you don't want to like create like a hodgepodge of uh, right right you gotta restrain yourself which is what you do well you, you your designs exercise restraint um as a what is you as an aquarist switching gears a little bit now it's just a hobbyist hobbyist not the business guy what do you think about like contests and what's going on in contests uh, the types of scapes that are being entered and winning and how do you feel do you feel that contests drive the hobby in a in a good way bad way not at all it's and, and what influence they have? it's definitely yeah. a good what do you think way. they've um, done i, I absolutely the love, everyday hobbyists i i uh, absolutely love the the fact that there's a 
a contest and then so in such an organized fashion as well and then mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. the reason why is like well, <laughs> i love it at the same time i don't participate in it <laughs> right right well yeah i mean you're yeah, yeah, first of all you're busy because <laughs> i i love it for the fact that uh you know it gives a lot of people real world opportunity and uh it becomes something of uh of a tool for them to make to make a living so yeah we don't think about that fact uh you no, know that, that, that of things in Starts the u.s because because you know like you know how many people are like you know depending on escaping <laughs> as a uh, like as a form right, of, living. Uh, of living here so we don't think about that but then I, I, overseas you know why you know aquascaping is so hot in, in indonesia because not be not only because you know they're resource rich right the first of all to start an aquarium especially an aquascaping tank right you don't need like a big tank so right the the, the barrier to entry is, is very low and then mm -hmm. you can actually make money from these contests by if you win right like if you win the right. prizes prize money right and then for them it's like a pro circuit yeah you know like their their living expense is so low and then they don't have much to like you know they don't need a, a huge amount of money to right sustain their livelihood um you know a lot some of these contacts money like a couple thousand bucks to us is like all right like you know it's nice to have but then like i, I definitely can't afford right. rents on, on that for them, that's, for them that's it's a lot. a lot of money and yeah to them like especially um people who don't have the means to um you know like get a white collar job or like you know um, right living in the city like it's it's a it's a huge it's evens um, the playing field yeah yeah it's a huge way of uh you know, uh, liberating themselves, right? From, these are, um, these are all, those are really great points that I don't think people discuss. I don't think I've ever heard anybody really mention it in that context before. And it does make a lot of sense. You know, the other thing too, it seems like a lot of these, I, I sometimes think some of these contest scapes are ridiculous. They're just so out there, but I guess they're in a way, you know, you ever go to like the LA auto show or whatever, and you see the, like all the concept cars from like Ferrari and Lamborghini or whatever. And you're like, they look like the Batmobile, but the reality is those also trickle down to the exactly. everyday car. Exactly. So it's the same thing with these scapes, right? I mean, the, exactly. those techniques trickle down. Yeah, exactly. So I guess I mean, you can't, can't completely trash it. The, 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 the fact that I don't like contests is that, uh from like a very personal perspective, because I don't want other people to be, giving my work a value right like that you know what i mean like unless well, yeah like if you're my client yeah. and then you pay well that's a value right value that 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 aesthetic judgment right exactly right, like right. to me like well, my work i, I don't want to pander to judges no and, and but you know you're a lot like i think of it uh, aquarium designers like you are a lot like architects like are you when you hire an architect to design your house they they have their own style they have their own techniques you're going to go to this guy or girl because you like the style of work that they do mm -hmm. and it's the same with you people go oh mark does really interesting work with wood and hardscape and his tank systems are elegant and whatever i like that 
as opposed to somebody that says, oh, I want a nature, a pure nature aquarium design. And I'd find somebody else that specializes in that. Or I want a reef tank. I find a guy that does only reef tank. You know, oh, oh, trust me, I do it. I do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, well, you would, right. Right. But, 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 right, right. But, but my point is, like, you have things that you like to do and you're good yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Come yeah. To you with if you that, give me, like, like oh, a blue sky project, then I'll definitely you do it. You know, go, yeah, for, like, oh, hell yeah. I'll, I'll I'll do my heart out but then yeah um you know like it's not like i don't do other <laughs> styles like i definitely like i'll never do that yeah like right. except like any and all projects uh that you know can pay pay my pay my bill but right, um, right. to the context point like because contest to me is like a very specific uh part of the hobby so you're not basically it, it's very specialized you're really there's a strategy to contest tanks and mm -hmm. there's a you know specific way of uh, going about it and then you're you're thinking you like you shouldn't be thinking about it from an artist's perspective right oh, you're really thinking about it from the judging um criteria what they what they want to see yeah exactly yeah. and then what what, what they rate high and then there's a tech, very tactical and strategic way of doing it and then like, is there a place for me in the future to do that? Yes, I, I will. I will probably try my hand in contest uh, tanks as well. Like, I right. don't know how well I'll, I'll do because it's, you know, like highly um, strategic, right? Like regimented and strategic. Yeah. Like you know, it's not like basically. Uh, you know, it's free spirited stay, like you are. It doesn't really give you uh the correct sense of like okay you're just you're you're the best designer out there or like well, your work is the best work no it's it's basically opinions of the judges well okay here, here's my question and this has always been my criticism but gentle criticism though because i i'm in awe of the talent of all these people but there's a sameness that has creeped into a lot of these competition scapes they all look very similar and they have a style that keeps coming down. And it's because they're sort of, I don't want to say pandering, but because they're complying with these rules. Would it be more attractive to you in a contest if there was a little more freedom to just, hey, do a great scape? Doesn't have to follow specific guidelines about ratio and usage of materials or whatever. You know what I mean? Does, yeah. Do you think that that's the I've, one maybe negative? About of that. And then I've talked to you know my friends about it. Uh, it's just to me, like... The, the format of the contest really kind of dictate on uh, dictate what, what type of work that is going to be the winning work and like the trend right. of it right because okay like ADA contest started like IPLC started what like in the 80s I want to say 80s right? or 90s uh, yeah I think so like, yeah yeah like of course you can only judge on a photograph because you didn't have all they had. videos like oh like what right. you're gonna send in like a, a custom, like, you know, 35 a millimeter tape of, <laughs> right of, right of right video of your tank or, or something right no you can't do that so that's what like what they're based their contest on is like a photograph right and right. and not even just like angled photograph, so the style like was straight like a on static yeah, yeah so, so like it's very limited style. to yeah. that like that's why you have all these uh perspective tanks right that mm -hmm. that oh, don't buy great know, don't get me wrong they're great i mean like they're, no, 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 they're no. crazy like, but then the thing is like yeah like if you have that tank in your house are you just gonna really stay like all the time right right like, yeah like as the one like you tilt your head a little bit like that <laughs> it's totally different off right so well that's uh, the, that's the beauty of live contests too like this we joke about this scape off thing you know joey but but 
you're producing something that can be seen from multiple angles all the time. You know, that's different. And plus you're designing tanks as a, as an aquarium designer for sustainability in terms of they have to work. They can't right. just be a the piece of art. It's gotta be too, practical. Right? And then also yeah. there's a, uh... Uh, the interior design, like you don't want the tank to be just like a hobbyist tank, right? Yeah. You want yeah. to, because like right now we have so many, you know, uh, female hobbyists coming mm -hmm. to the hobby, and then like a lot of them are, you know, wife, uh, wives, uh, and they are decision makers of the house. And then right. if you say like, oh yeah, I want a hobby, you know, like I want to keep my fish, you know, tank that's bare bottom and <laughs> like yeah, like right. a ugly room tank, like right, right, right here in our living room. The and science like, hell right. no, you're not. So, right, right. Like, so to them, like they want something uh, cohesive with their yeah. interior design and then like they want something pleasant. So well, I you, think that's also a f uh, something that, you know, we can take more into considerations. And then... So, for example, like if I'm looking at a contest like AAPLC and all these, you know, slew of other contests that follow the same format, I'm like, dude, come on, mm -hmm. do some updates, right? Like incorporate right. videos. Like how easy it is to upload video <laughs> right. of the thing. Right. If you right. do that, if you do, okay, totally like you're judging, you're judging on uh, the flow of the tank. You're judging on like wow roundedness of the tank. You're judging on like the whole like zoom you can't out. Evaluate right? it from zoom one out. Angle. Like right, let's see right. the entirety of the tank. Like what is it sitting on? Uh, how are you housing your equipment? What's yep. above the water? Right. Like now, if you any any layout with the uh, let's say some hardscape perching out of the water, and you have like plants incorporated on above water surface. Guess what? It's not judged. And you just you just right. wasted your time like you know doing that for right. if you're only doing the tank for contest right so you kind of so have to you, pander to yeah the you pull yeah. back a little bit and then you see the whole thing of the tank then guess what the style of tanks are gonna change and more crazy design or more you know like a a variety of uh, design aspect just will will show up I guarantee yeah. you and then it's really unique yeah, yeah and, and I, I I even want to do. You know, like start a, a contest like that, like with the, well, I, it makes whatever sense. other criteria. That's always kind of been my knocker contest is they encourage, and you explained it better than I could have ever. And, and, and with great insight, they cater to one type of judging criteria. And it's like, what about multiple criteria? What about different criteria? And that, that would be the unique thing about a, a different type of a contest. You know, almost any type of aquarium could be entered. And, the other thing we're seeing a lot of, I noticed on internet, uh, you probably noticed this too, I see it a lot. People are taking pictures of their tank in the room. They're not just taking pictures of the tank anymore. It's like you see the hardwood floor, you see the potted plants around it, you see the windows and the, you know what I mean? That people are yeah. looking at how it how it incorporates into your, the living space. And I think that's really neat too. Yeah, I mean, because I do this for a living. So that's what you do. Like, I, I, need to, I need to really take that into consideration. Like my clients, especially like the high, high end ones, like they- Oh, yeah. They don't want just like a tank. Like right? They, most, right. most of the time, they don't even want a standalone tank. They want right. like a built-in tank, right? Mm -hmm. That's like uh, very highly custom-made just for that space. Right. And it, it needs to be a part of you know their home, like seamlessly. Right. right. So, um, yeah. So I think a lot of times, like you know, we like our hobby gets a stigma um, that that's like sometimes it gets like the okay it's like when you talk about fish tank and people have that uh, um perception of oh yeah like it's just a an like aquarium on a stand somehow cheap yeah. 
right somehow Plug cheap and somehow like like they, they think about like i don't know like asian supermarket with <laughs> like the food Big right, right, right 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 right, right. Like, they have that right. negative perception but then <laughs> yeah I'm like yeah. dude that it could be nah, totally a beautiful piece of furniture inside your home as well so so what are some takeaways like okay so your tips if you if you will like for you know i'm joe hobbyist and i'm like oh mark does awesome tanks what are some like maybe if you have two or three real top tips for people that want to do their own tank kind of inspired by like work that you and other professionals do what are some things that they should take away from your work that, that you would like them to take away from your work when they, you know, create their own aquariums in their homes? First There's of all, some... um, just don't, don't have the idea of like, okay, I'm going to create something that's going to impress other people. Like just lose that. Like it, the whole point of having a like aquarium is to enjoy uh, for self-enjoyment. And, Love it. Uh, um, just like you got to have fun with it and then you want yep. you do something you want right and do you think social media has cool. pushed that do you think social media has made people do that <sighs> like pander to every what everybody wants to see trying to stand out from the clutter uh it depends on what you're trying to do with your social media i guess yeah. like for example yeah. like i'm a i'm i i you know see myself as a content creator and influencer now so mm-hmm. uh yeah like some of that you know like i w- i would think about oh like will, will people you know like it or not but then I'm so used to doing it's still your work yeah way so that's not like a whole lot of uh you know um influence on, on what why design and whatnot but then mm-hmm. yeah if like let's say you're trying to get views and then you're doing this tank just to get views yeah then there's definitely some ways and strategies of doing the tank where right. you can get views and stuff but then if I'm just recommending you know um uh, or like giving tips to hobbyists who are like trying to elevate their um aquarium keeping yeah and i would say still the first rule is to have fun like just don't don't think about what other people think brilliant uh, yes uh, want to do like yeah just just do you and want uh and don't be afraid to try things and experiment with things because i i've i've tried a whole bunch of things and then um well one one thing about me is i'm a huge procrastinator <laughs> yeah like i would yeah if i have uh something that i don't understand or uh one part of it that i just like it's so outside of my understanding that mm-hmm. i couldn't like mentally picturing how it will work that i'll just put up put it off <laughs> i'll just right, till, till, it, till it comes right yeah. Yeah. so so which is not a good thing i guess but also, it had helped me from just endless amount of uh, heartache and failures because, you know, when I, I I don't just go try something blind. You think through things, yeah. Yeah, I have to yeah. f- kind of like figure out. Okay, or I think this will work, and then when I get to that point where I have a way and then I have a method in my head, and then I'm like, I think it will work. Guess what? Like eighty percent of the time, it will work. Yeah, it will yeah. work. Yeah. So like I, I and then like, you know, I'm I it's a calculated risk. So I don't end up, you know, hurting myself or like get burned out or whatever right. from the failure. Right. So, you know, you, you, you don't want to like definitely shouldn't be afraid of failures where like experimenting exper- right. experimenting with things, but do it in a calculated way. Yeah. So you don't, you know, like have catastrophic 
um, failures that right. break the bank or whatever. Right. Um, whatever. So that would be the second thing. And yeah. then the third thing will be uh, just just study, like, I mean, just look at stuff. Look at a lot of stuff. Look at other people's things. Look at, you know, nature. Uh, look at whatever that's that could be even, you know, um, remotely related to fish tank. I look at, like, interior design a lot. Right. At, uh, materials. I look at, like, even architects sometimes, architecture sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh nature is definitely a huge draw so when i you know uh shared with you about my perspective on biotope how like you know, you know yes. it's very a small dissect dissection of the whole thing yeah so i realized that when i was out in nature because i was you know trying to collect all the hardscape materials for the river uh, uh and then i was you know in the mountains and then on the riverbed and I was trying to pick out like different stones, right? And see like which one is nice and whatnot. But then on a riverbed, usually you just have riverbed rocks. Like right, river right. And then there's not a whole lot of, you know, really a stone with a lot of characteristics and right. stuff. So I'm like, why like why is that? Like because when I look at like when I look up and then when I look out into the nature, like it's is just incredible well it doesn't take into account the the, the actions of water erosion and the way water pattern you know water flow patterns right my point rocks, is right you know like when you like when i look in when i look down in one spot right it's it's not that pretty but right right right, up, right. Like when I I, yeah looked up and looked at the whole picture it's pretty again yeah and then i'm like all right okay so that that makes sense because you just know don't you focus just, don't focus too right much when you too, when you look at that little cheap. section it's yeah, yeah it's not that pretty so that's cool you, when you're out there a lot like in nature and then you just kind of like um being there being in the middle of it and then really you know doing some thinking on your own then you realize a lot of stuff a lot yeah. of stuff um um and which you can incorporate into your design yeah now um another question for you uh, actually a two-part question but the first part of it what uh, is there a tank a fish an idea a concept that you want to try in the near future or like oh for my next personal tank or i'm going to push a client in this direction is there, ah, is great there some concept you want to do yeah what's yeah. it what's that's near what's, on your what's the second part of it okay the second part is what do you where do you see the hobby just in general in say five years in terms of what we're doing um great question design wise so let, let's hear your perspective on both Okay, so first one, I'm glad you brought it up because I'm actually working on something. <laughs> so uh, the remember the river uh, that yes. I told you about, the 450? Yeah. So that one has been empty for a while now. And then I'm actually trying to um, do another tank uh, or like just set it up again before Joey's visit in October. Mm -hmm. And this for this setup, I'm going to do a North American native scape. Oh, cool. So it's going to be a stream tank. And then uh, I'm going to have uh, shiners, darters, mm -hmm. you know, chubs. And, right. Um, uh, it's it's just going to be a tank that's like a scaped tank. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to go like strictly mimicking the, the, the strides. Right. 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 It's inspired by. It's inspired yeah, it's by. inspired by. And then I'm going to incorporate a lot of that elements. But then also I'm going to do, you know, 
like aesthetically um, pleasing elements, like you incorporating some plants, and you know, I could use Java fern, I could use right, uh, like whatever, right? Plants that are like that might not have anything right. to do with the uh, North but America, but they represent. They represent. Yeah, it's just it gives you the sense that like it's not just a, a aquarium, but then it, it belongs in nature, right. right? Like when you look at it, and then it's just pleasing to to look at. So. Um, that's what i'm doing right now. that's gonna be super cool looking yeah, forward to seeing that cool. that'll be it's a new totally awesome. different look for you yeah yeah and it's just like you know you you don't really appreciate um the native american no. species until you see them in context until, yeah until you see them right like for example the tangerine daughter um which is uh for the listeners uh that might not be familiar with them they mm-hmm. are almost like a loach like a, but but that one's a pretty sizable it's like what like seven oh six, good size uh, uh six, seven uh, six to eight inches that's a big big darter yeah it's a, it's a big darter yeah it's the biggest darter actually and then uh it's the body do, they do well do they, do they do well in aquariums i have no idea like i know very little about um our native fish unfortunately. yeah isn't that sad um, most of us most of us don't right. <laughs> a lot of, it's uh, a lot of the native fish guys yeah too. and i'm actually uh working uh, collaborating with the uh the fish uh fish conservation fishery mm-hmm. uh so uh they're also on social media and they're they're a great organization that that's trying to breed or they're not trying but they're actually breeding these native fish and releasing them back to the wild right Super then, cool. uh, in tennessee so i'm actually collaborating with them and finding out you know a lot of information on the husbandry and um just like using them as a resource to see if I can even get these fish and like how to correctly set up the, the, the stream tank and everything. Right. Flow yeah. and environment. Yeah, Are you so, going to do a chiller? I don't know why I'm asking that, but I'm probably not going to do a chiller just because uh, the temperature drops down to what, like low forties. Yeah. No, low forties low here, like in the winter time. Oh, right, right, right. But in the room, it's going to be like, yeah, yeah. Right. So obviously, the in room temperature is not going to be that low. But then I'm thinking I'm going to do a sump outside of. Oh, so it'll my drop. house. There you go. Right. So, so, so I don't even for that one. I don't even have to insulate it. Yeah, that's great. No, yeah. That's, so that's cool. it would just adapt to. Uh, I don't need a heater. <laughs> for no, the that's a right. So one, it would just one adapt. right there. One less exactly. So the the temperature of the, of the tank will just adapt to the outside temperature. Um. So it it I think it will work out. You know, oh, like the seasonal cool. swing and everything. Yeah, because they're uh, used to it. The fish are actually used to a seasonal drop in temperature. That yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that I'm uh actually working on. But very then, very cool. There's another concept that I want to really do is um, I think eventually I'll get to do it. Like I, I, I'm, I, I believe there will there will be a client that's crazy enough <laughs> for me to take <laughs> on to 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 do this project on. So I'm envisioning like, you know how you'd never see a monster fish tank with. Um, small fish that are swimming around, right? Right, just a big. You mean get eaten? You mean a big, a big tank with little fish? It, yeah, with the. Oh, no, love no, you no. for this. Not even that. It's like a huge tank with both monster fish and small oh, fish gotcha. coexisting gotcha. Oh, in cool. one view. You like you just don't see it because you can't right. set it up that way, right? right? Because you know the monster fish will just eat the small fish. Yeah. Right. So I'm constantly just dreaming up a way to have 
a setup where I'm allowed to, um, I can allow the two essentially different habitat to coexist uh, oh, in display. And then the way I'm envisioning on doing is, so let's say you have a huge tank that's, I don't know, like 20,000 gallons, let's say. Right. Right. Like a huge, huge one. Like right. a house Arapaima and whatnot. Right. Like public aquarium size. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So imagine like the, the viewing panel um, to be what, like five foot tall, 20 foot long. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have all the space for the monster like you know giant fish to to swim around in right but then right up against the glass right like in the very front maybe i can build a shelf like a quote-unquote shelf right that that's all almost like you're doing a smaller aquarium on near the surface so like the the viewing panel is five foot deep right Mm -hmm. but then let's say on the left side uh leftmost side of the the tank you have uh all all of a sudden you have a shelf that's almost pressed right up to the glass that's um like two feet uh and uh below the water surface Uh uh-huh or like maybe like you know 20 inches let's say below the water surface right and then you build on that shelf uh like a really dense uh and well protected and big enough of a aquascape. Oh, that's a cool uh, escape you know, you, yeah. yeah, you basically are you're basically incorporating like a shallow area of the riverbank. I see what you're saying. Right, like the shoreline then, area. Yeah, so okay. that part yeah. like no that's entirely uh, obviously you build it like into like a very sturdy um uh, yeah. structure where it's basically an area where that's inaccessible to the, the big fish can't get there. Yeah. Right. That's fish just super can't cool. Get up. And then at the same time, you know, you have, you can observe all these um, small fish that are, you know, they probably learn over time to not venture out. Well, to yeah, the open. that's exactly what, I mean, I know you're a fan of Ivan McColgy and, and yeah. like if you read some of his stuff. He'll talk about how like, like he did one uh, observation of those, the, the little guppies, he, what he called guppies, but they're the, they're the wild, the campana guppy or whatever and he's like they never venture out more than three meters from shore and it's just then you see this he took a picture a beautiful picture of them in the very shallow water and then it drops off into the background and dark that's exactly what you're saying is you're creating that basically a refugium of sorts an environment for these fishes that mimics what they do in nature stay away from the big boys and you're able to incorporate the whole thing yeah i think it's super cool idea totally doable doable. uh, i mean obviously Obviously, it would be <laughs> most likely a public big ass project, <laughs> not like a private <laughs> resident display. No, uh, yeah. If but... you like, if you got listeners, hey, if you're a listener and you're a public aquarium, uh, you know, you we do have a few. Whatever, like, hit me, hit me, like, hit, hit me up. up. Reach me, up. <laughs> reach me to do up. the project. I want to do it. <laughs> exactly. Let's get some creative juices. Let's going do it. Share the aquarium. No. It sheds a customer, uh, so you know what they sometimes they sometimes listen in some of their course, so sweet. that would be good. Um, and the, then the part, to answer your second part, of yeah. The so and I was going to do an amendment to my now, part right? one actually, but but go to your part two. Yeah, what do you see in five years? But oh wait, uh, uh, did you did you have? Yeah, yeah. My amendment, my amended right? question was like, and what um what what would you like to see other hobbyists trying? What type of tank display or whatever 
you know, similar to what I asked you, what, what do you think would be cool to see some other hobbyists try on a, on a smaller level? Obviously something that doesn't have to be commercially viable, you know, or, you know, but what, uh, what do you think would be neat? I, I would like to see more incorporation of plants like uh, above water plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mimic, mimic creating the whole environment. Yeah. Right. I mean like fish is the aquatic environment is just like one corner of one piece of nature, right? right? And so it's then, like on the shoreline. Yeah, you, know. you you want to incorporate more elements, like uh, so so you can have a more holistic. Yeah, uh, that that's why I'm so fascinated by flooded forests and transitional habitats. Now, mm-hmm. granted, you'd have to operate the aquarium to do that, drain it, right? Whatever. But but what you're saying is is incorporating maybe a shoreline or whatever. Or you know, speaking of Joey, that one thing that he does have, he uses those. Uh, I think he's the artificial ones. The one he yeah, calls it a flooded forest, right? Yeah. yeah. And and that's a cool idea where he has like the tree trunks. I mean, I love that concept of a flooded, of it mimicking the flooded forest. And then maybe even incorporating a shoreline like you're talking about. That, that's a cool idea that a home hobbyist can do. Yeah. I mean, and just think about fish a little bit more. Uh, I mean, like there are tons of hobbies who are only into fish and they don't even care about right uh, the, you know, environment, whatever that, that so to them, I want to see more incorporation of like hardscape and you know like the yeah. environment build. Like I just stop the bear like, tanks. The, 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 <laughs> the, my 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 own I guess perspective just I don't I hate bare bottom tanks. Like I just yeah. I just can't stand them. So yeah, no, I, I that's me. That's me. Like you know, there's you know the, like they they those aquarius usually are the ones who really take good care of their fish. Right? Well, a, like they keep their fish like in the tip top condition. Well, the focus is entirely on the fish. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you're more you know, you, you can definitely do it that way. It's just like, you know, throw some sand in there. It's not that like a big deal. Like you can still siphon it out. Right. You can still, but then it adds a little nat- natural elements to it. So Ex- maybe, maybe exactly. That. Yeah. So, okay. So now to part two, I'm sorry. I detail- derailed you a little bit there, but I wanted to get your thought. No on worries. That. Uh, I see the hobby going in the direction of like what I mentioned before that we have like a flood of um, female hobbyists coming mm-hmm. in and then they are not as uh, hardcore on fish themselves. Like uh, I'm generalizing, obviously. Right, right. Uh, but they care more about the home decor in, in overall. Right, like so, they want probably to see aquarium to be a nice feature of their home, mm-hmm. uh, like an extension and, of the homes. Yeah, uh, like a, a more, gotcha. more or less a a, a furniture instead of uh, just like a tank, right? Got it. And then, and pl- like that uh, again, generalization. Right, like, right. Uh, of course, girls care generally care, care more about that than guys, but there are definitely guys like me who care about that stuff too. Right. So, right. Um, I think, I think that will be the direction that the hobby will incorporate the hobby. more. Yeah. To, to our right. Yeah. Right. Cause you I see agree. that happening with Pe- Pet too. Like, you know, yeah, they they're, they're the collaboration too. with the interior designer yeah. to, you know, basically make their cabinets uh, <laughs> and stands a little bit, right. a little bit fancier, which the aquarium yeah. hobby needed to do many years. The industry needed to do that many years ago, <laughs> make things more consistent with people's home decor. I, I agree. Yeah. Cause the choices have been limited. Yeah. I think they're, they're 
doing more of that in Asia and perhaps in Europe too. But then, yeah, you uh, see a lot of that in Europe. Yeah, yeah, in America, it's still we're we're always a little, little behind on the hobby. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, except for the reef side. Yeah, isn't that weird? I, I was gonna say except for the reef side, we're we Europe follows us. And for a while, we were behind, and now it's like nope, the U.S. leads the way. But um, you're 100 percent right that the uh, aesthetic thing in the overall environment. I think that's really important. And maybe the pandemic is what put the focus back on that again when people be, were setting up be. tanks, you know. And and now they're going, yeah, it's part of my home. It's not just a, a tank. And I, I love that you're thinking along those lines. Um, that's super cool. Now, obviously, we're getting near our time because I I, I, mean, I know we have to for another ten minutes, seven minutes or so, but. I wanted to get some other thoughts on things that are really just sort of, a, I don't want to say a lightning round, but just some quick thoughts from you on things that you feel are kind of important uh, for hobbyists to know. Like what would you, if you had one rule uh, that you feel an, an aquarium design should follow, is there a particular rule of great importance that you think everybody should, we'd be all happier with our tanks if we followed this one rule. And I don't mean, um, you know, do you, I know we talked about that, but I mean, in yeah. terms of tech practical thing, like to do with your aquarium um from a design or maintenance standpoint or whatever yeah i think if there is one then just uh really think about the maintenance aspect of of your of your tank right so a lot of times we don't think about it but then um that usually is a direct cause for sustainable uh like how, how sustainable it is right right, right. If you can't if maintain you, it you're not gonna want to yeah if you yeah. if you can like don't want to maintain or like just it's too hard and you make it too complicated then you're gonna like you're setting yourself up for failure basically yep. and then so really think about it for example um the type of uh equipments that you're using and then mm -hmm. do you want like an easier way to drain the tank so you don't have to like drag a like a big long hose uh whatever like you know sometimes it might be a little bit more difficult to set it up initially but then in the long run you know you're gonna have very like an easy time to yeah to that's make, a huge thing whatever that's so important and i think i know coming from the reef background um a lot of reefers don't think that through they want all the, the gear this and that and they don't think about how access is so important being able to actually work in your tank and i know a lot of guys that set up these huge aquarium you know 600 700 gallon aquariums and they're like oh it's a pain in the ass to, to work in i hate you know going to the back if something falls off a rock i'll never get it i'm thinking well you know you <laughs> yeah. didn't design your tank properly <laughs> exactly you know, you just didn't you're gonna get through yeah, if you have the resources to do something ambitious like that, you should think through all aspects of it. So you're basically saying give some thought to actually living with your aquarium, which is super important. Yeah, and um, if you can, you know, reduce the amount of uh, equipments inside the tank. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we have glass lily pipes and everything. So like, you know, try to be less obtrusive. But then yeah, there are ways that you can eliminate the equipments like altogether. It's just, uh, you gotta, you know, gotta get um, creative, got creative, get you know, creative and use uh, a little bit more el elbow grease. I think that's something that we could probably even do a whole podcast on. I think I may have to have you back if you want. Oh yeah. For sure. time. And let's, and you know, what we should do is really talk about the nuts and bolts of tank design. Maybe what we'll do is we'll get some questions from people. Okay. I'll solicit them ahead of time and be like, what's a tank problem you're trying to solve. You're trying to design a tank for whatever. 
Mm. Let's lay it on Mark and see if he has some ideas. Would you be willing to do something like that? That would be good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. That would be fun because I think people would get a real kick out of that, being able to hear it from someone that works on this stuff every day. And you probably have a lot of really great workaround ideas um, for that. And I think that's important because a lot of our audience is very ambitious. People that want to try new things, new approaches. Oh, but yeah, that's sometimes, right. It's your yeah, audience is very we're progressive, um, progressive yeah, yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they don't always know how to execute it equipment and practicality wise. You know, mm. I can tell them all about the biology all day and this and that. But it's like they're like, well, how do I make this work? And some of these things are tough. You know, we get a lot of questions. Uh, one thing I'd like to talk to you about in the future, I don't know if you've had experience with it, is brackish water aquariums and intertidal aquariums. But I'll bet you have some ways to make some of these things work from a design mm. standpoint. And I think that would be a lot of fun cool. to, to talk about. Um, we can do really well with that. Yeah, well, man, for sure. Um, again, we're, we're kind of near the end of our, uh, our 90 minutes I, I held you to. Uh, and I, I, th- we could have talked all day. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I could have heard you talk all day. I think we're definitely going to have you back because I think people are going to be really stoked to hear this stuff. Um, Mark, again, the best way to follow you is right now. Well, you have your website. What your website, um, is, um, naturedesignstudio.com, yep. right? And then, uh, no, nature dot, uh, nature design dot studio. Oh, okay. So I just, I just Googled it. So yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Really how, how good I am with, with URLs. And then your Instagram presence, obviously. Um, Instagram is probably the best place to yeah. follow, just because like I like I update it uh, uh, daily. Yeah, and, uh, I I try to interact with um, people as much as I can. Uh, I love that. And too. you know, there's also TikTok. Uh, oh, you're doing that's TikTok. your okay. preferred poison. And then... no, no, that's good to know. I didn't know you were on TikTok. <laughs> I will have to we'll have to check that out. Okay, that's yeah. Cool. And also Facebook. Um, yeah, you know, all, all like all the media, all, all the usual medias. stuff. Yeah, that's great. Stuff. But um, I do want to, before we go, I yeah. do want to mention this. So um, I actually started a nonprofit organization. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's called Rivers and, Light, uh, Rivers, Rivers and Lakes Initiative. Uh, we're focusing on the education and conservation of freshwater specifically, freshwater okay. environments, let's say, uh, uh-huh. specifically. Yeah. And then uh, I aim to, you know, like get funding to help schools to install like aquariums and nature setups um on the oh, campus that's fantastic. yeah to te- you know get get, get kids uh int- intrigued and curious about nature from an early age and then um yeah like the uh, second part of things will be i want to arrange like expeditions and help mm-hmm. uh frontline you know researchers and conservationists mm-hmm. who, are, who are like in the rainforest doing the work or whatever and then very cool as well as arranging expeditions for influencers and content creators, like love myself that. included, right? To yeah, go out there and then document and then just plaster whatever, like the work that, you know, these awesome people are doing That's... and the nature, uh, just plaster that like all over the internet to make a Super cool. you know, very, very you, profound impact. You know, you have to do uh, when you get a chance, like send me a link on Instagram or whatever. And I can, I'll post that on our Instagram feed and, and maybe put it on our website where people can find out more and perhaps, if they're interested in yeah for sure i literally I just that. bought the domain the oh, other sweet. day so um <laughs> we have a very focused audience that's really into that kind of stuff we've supported Ooh. you know project the and freshwater life project which i know you have done some work with yeah, um, yeah, yeah so i think it's it would be really cool to uh to help you out with that that'd be a lot of fun well yeah mark 
Yep, yep. I'm All here. right. I thought, I thought I lost you. I'm like, yeah, oh, really? Here. At 90 minutes, I lost you. Um, I just want to, again, thank you so much for uh, for taking time out of your day. I know you got a lot of stuff going on, and I'm glad we were able to connect. And um, when we hear this, I think uh, there are going to be a lot of positive comments and a lot of questions. So we're definitely going to have you on again. Thanks and, so much, uh, Scott. Yeah, this has been an absolute pleasure. Like, you definitely ask like you know a lot of uh, profound questions that thank you i i really love to uh share my opinion on and yeah yeah i hope i didn't take you too off course because i tend to do that no no but, but i think not. i think uh you have a lot to say and a lot of interesting stuff in it and it again it's it's so appreciated um thanks again yeah for sure right, thank you all right everybody well thank you again for listening to us and um my name is scott fellman you're listening to Mark Chen, guest on The Tent. Uh, we hope to see you soon on the next installment of The Tent. Thanks. Bye, Mark. Bye.